0: everyone, welcome back for another episode of Loot Syrup, your audio pleasure treasure. My name is Thiezy and today I'm switching things up to talk about one of my favorite places on this planet. That's right, the original Disneyland Park in Anaheim, California. I won't be including Disney's California Adventure Park in this episode. Uh, I just want to focus on the OG park today and we can do DCA another day. Otherwise it'd be a pretty hefty amount to cover. So with that in mind... Let's start with the very first feel-good moment, which is when you enter the park esplanade and you've got that classic music playing in the overhead speakers. It includes some of my faves like Soul of California, Star Wars, Toy Story, or the, the classic Darktown Strutter's Ball, just to name a few. This is where Disney really hypes me up. I mean, I'm already wired to be there, but as soon as I hear the esplanade music, my blood is dancing, and I'm completely immersed. I'm gone. I go through the turnstile with a cool, calm and collected appearance, it's like I'm trying to pass some entrance test. But beyond that, don't even try to stop me, cause I'm walking circles past every parent with their ridiculous duo triple deck strollers, all right? You know the ones I'm talking about? The beefy strollers that could fit an entire afternoon of parental sadness in them. They're packed, okay? They're spilling out with remedies for a potential crying child. Not to mention their complete ankle bulldozers. But yeah, those poor bastards are in the rear view. They fade into a blur while they reach to grab a toy or sippy cup that inevitably fell out. I, however, am gone. I'm not in California anymore. I'm in Disneyland. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, for those who like to travel with their little baby Minnie mes I'll just, I'll never go to Disneyland with my kid until they're at least able to appreciate the damn place. Like, like seven, maybe eight or older. I'm not riding Small World and wiping unappreciative tears in the same afternoon. It's just not going to happen. Or changing filthy ass diapers. You see some parents with babies in the park, and I am in shock. Like, completely shockhead. I'm not here to bash parents, not at all what you guys do is unbelievable and I dish high praise to you. 100%. But I just simply can't picture myself ever wanting to visit a busy theme park like Disneyland in scorch my face off California heat with a full-on baby. A full-on baby. It's just it's 0% appealing to me. I'm sorry. For me, after all that... (laughs) After all that, for me, a day at Disneyland starts with a coffee from the market house and a Main Street pre-rope drop browse around. You feel? You know, I, I scope the scene. I take inventory. You know, who's got what? Go check out the magic shop or the emporium. Go to the penny arcade. Maybe see what deliciously overpriced treats they've got dispersed. And maybe crush a couple pennies while I'm at it. You know, a couple quarters. Just a super casual browse around after that then the day really begins my usual route when i'm in disneyland uh, much like when i play disneyland adventures uh, on stream if you've actually seen any of those streams you know exactly what my my route is when i'm in disneyland it's always the clockwise route so i start with adventureland make my way up to new orleans square then extend to the arm of no square which is critter country then backtrack along the rivers of America to Frontierland. Keep trekking through Fantasyland until finally reaching Tomorrowland, then back to Main Street. Of course, I haven't been this year, so my route will change slightly with the newly opened Galaxy's Edge, but that's no problem. I can make space for that. <coughs> and no i didn't forget mickey's toontown it's just a bit of an afterthought for me i enjoy parts of it but really roger's rabbits roger's rabbits roger rabbits rogers doesn't he doesn't have rabbits he is a rabbit roger rabbit's cartoon spin is the only thing worthwhile for me currently until mickey's runaway railway makes its way over there <laughs> makes its runaway over there <laughs> full of great pods today uh, I just I'm not big on strollers aggressively attacking my ankles. No thank you. Strollers are bad enough everywhere else in the park. I don't need to delve into Toontown, the very heart of stroller hell. Although I will say they have fun uh they have fun photo opportunities there. Those are definitely worth checking out. Let's move on. Uh to some of the must-tries in the park. One thing I always will recommend is to go to the Mint Julep bar in New Orleans Square and get a classic mint julep drink and take it aboard the Disneyland Railroad for a full round trip. Not a little half-ass trip, full round trip. On a really nice day, uh, riding the rails while enjoying said refreshing minty magic beverage is probably one of my favorite things to do in the entire park. And another must-try is piloting the Mark Twain riverboat. This one could be a bit tricky, but if there are two cast members present at the entrance to the boat, you're golden. You're in. Ask politely Don't be a little shit and ask rudely, we're talking may I please, but ask politely to pilot the river beast, I mean river boat. and uh, it'll get you right up to the whistle and wheel itself. On top of being able to blow the whistle and scare the shit out of people, you can also claim your Mark Twain pilot certificate issued by the cast member who escorted you up there in the first place. It's it's an epic keepsake to remember an epic experience, and it's a great spot for some unique photo opportunities. You feel like you're on top of the world when you get behind the wheel, and no, we won't stop there. There's more must-tries in Disneyland, and you knew it was coming. They are the well-known foods of the park. To quickly peg the noteworthy ones, there's a there's a ton of food and snacks, treats, whatever the hell, in in the park. But these are the the. The noteworthy ones, there's the churro, and I'm talking the original, none of this sour blue raspberry or green apple bullshittery. There's the Dole Whip, chicken at the Plaza Inn, Mickey-shaped beignets, and of course the turkey leg that tastes more like smoked ham than turkey, but it also makes it feel like royalty at the Renaissance. That's kind of fun, right? That's that's neat. <laughs> that's a neat experience. Those are, in my opinion, the main foods you gotta try. There's more that are great, but those are the best. And while we're on the topic of foods, another must try while in the park is grabbing an ice cream from Gibson Girl Ice Cream Parlor. Uh, It's located on Main Street. Do it at night, you know, while Main Street's all lit up. And enjoy every single positive vibe that you possibly can from this, because you can can get a lot. It can be overwhelming with positive vibes. If if you're going, but Thievesy, I tried this, my dear, and my experience was tainted by an intolerable amount of screaming children and unwavering parade traffic, leaving me scarred and perpetually terrified of this otherwise holy ice cream experience. Well, I'm sorry you had to endure such a dastardly thing, but try it again, maybe with a tweak and some minor planning, so you don't encounter Main Street parade traffic, and you'll love it, I guarantee it. It's great without those wild parade crowds. Of course, the shows are a great option for something fun to do as well. I'd say Fantasmic and the Disneyland Forever Fireworks, two of the must-see shows. Now, <clears throat> okay, I, and I know Disneyland isn't for everyone. I know, I know that. It's expensive, there's lines for just about everything, almost at all times. And strollers are somewhat of a borderline nightmare. I get it. But for me, I just don't give a shit. None of that bothers me enough to be like, ah, this park's garbage, anyways, or it's for kids. I love that one. It's for kids, really. You don't, you don't have to like it. That's all gravy. But don't be that person. Don't be a buzzkill and try to say it's just for kids. This park does so much for people, not their wallets, mind you, God no, but for their mindset even. I, I find it therapeutic for me, honestly, the way I approach it. Never stress over how much you think you have to cram in a day. Just chill, you know? Take breaks, take time to sit on a bench in the shade or inside somewhere and don't feel guilty for wanting to. Great Moments with Abe Lincoln is a great way to uh, catch some shade. There's AC in that theater, it's never packed. I guarantee it, it is usually on a normal day, quite pleasant. Might not be the most interesting thing but it's very cool. It's a very cool animatronic. But I digress. Uh, you can grab a nice coffee and walk a hidden path near Critter Country or the side path by Snow White's Wishing Well and look at the gardens. Or go inside the Golden Horseshoe. And that's a super nice area to relax. Um, or go on pretty much any dark ride on a normal day, especially Pinocchio or Snow White, as they rarely have a huge line. And they're both very easy, very chill rides, not super long. I just love feeling comfortable enough to wear whatever cheesy-ass Disney or Marvel shirt or or epic hat that I've got to the park or downtown Disney. Uh, One year, my siblings and I decided to all wear different stick-on mustaches with unique park hats. Yes, it was great. We went on rides, you know, and we're walking around, checking stuff out casually, and left, right, and center. We're getting compliments from cast members or other families. They're asking where we got our hats. They're saying how our stashes are awesome. It's hilarious, you know? It's wholesome fun. So I mean, to get all the way around back to my point, you can't tell me having fun is just for kids. And if that's how you feel, then I feel sorry for you. There's plenty more I could cover, but I'm going to save it for another time instead of just peppering you with everything all at once. Uh, This is a lot of Disney to take in. This is just our first initial Disneyland episode to get things rolling for this uh, category, if you will. But um, I'll get into some more specifics of fun things to check out, like secret menus, go uh, over there, dark events, after dark events, sorry, I almost said dark ride events, after dark events, uh, and a lot more, trust me, I've, I've got plenty <laughs> to talk about when it comes to Disneyland, whether it's history or foods or merch or shows or rides or events or the future of, i got plenty Now, the following list is my top 10 favorite rides at Disneyland. Again, no, DCA is not included in this episode. So that means Grizzly Peak, Sorin, Guardians, and company are not to be found here. Also, I won't do an honorable mentions list. I'm not going to spoil anything for this one. And basically, every other ride could be an honorable mention, so it's pointless. They all have merit to some degree. But alas, are you ready? I can tell by the lifeless expression on your face that you most certainly are ready. So here we go! My top ten favorite rides at Disneyland. Coming in at number ten, Peter Pan's Flight. Opened in 1955, located in Fantasyland. So whenever I choose to endure the roughly 30 to 45 minute minimum wait time for this two and a half minute long ride, I'm happy I did, because it's worth the wait. Admittedly, I can't say I always choose to wait for it, because it is in the heart of Fantasyland, which, much like Toontown, is stroller hell to its very core. But, they have recently renewed the queue, so, you know, lining up isn't as painful as it once was, Scorching heat doesn't always beam down on you, so it's a huge bonus. Um, Peter Pan's Flight is arguably the most popular attraction in Fantasyland for anybody. I say arguably, but I, I should just say it is the most popular. Unless, of course, you play the Matterhorn Bobsleds card, in which case it could be a split decision. Back to Peter Pan. From the moment you get into the rail-suspended flying pirate galleon, you're taken away to the skies of a moonlit London and then off to Neverland. The use of forced perspective and LED lights create incredible scenes that only this dark ride can give. No other dark ride is like this. I And I, I, that's obvious, I say that, but it's it should be obvious. No other ride is like this one. <laughs> it may not sound like much. You know, it's a two and a half minute ride over some LED lights. Okay, what's so great about that? But if you've ever been on it, you'll you'll know what I'm talking about. It, it is a great two and a half minutes. Coming in at number nine on the list is Jungle Cruise, opened in 1955, located in Adventureland. There's no massive drop or high-speed thrills of any kind here, but what Jungle Cruise lacks in thrills, it makes up for with unquestionable charm. The experience can vary depending on your skipper, but looking past that, it's a fun ride to sit back and relax on for roughly seven minutes. That's a pretty good amount of time, seven minutes, as you cruise through the rivers of Asia, Africa, and South America. Animals you can see include tigers, elephants, hippos, rhinos, snakes, gorillas, crocs, even some piranhas. Of course, I can't forget the beauty of Schweitzer Falls, where the backside of water, or O2H, as some skippers like to proudly announce, proudly announce, uh, will remind you just where you are. Not in the African Congo, but on the Jungle Cruise at Disneyland. It's a classic. I love it. Coming in at number 8, Star Tours, opened in 1987, located in Tomorrowland. When you walk into the main entrance of the queue and you hear that classic Star Tours chime, it's like getting slapped in the soul with nostalgia. If you know, you know. If you don't, pause this, go to YouTube and enter Star Tours Chime. That's what I'm talking about. Chime aside, the queue does a great job of making you feel like you're really out of spaceport in the Star Wars universe. And you know, once you're inside your star speeder, the 3D action takes off. It's pretty crazy. Disney added other destinations, as well as had digital 3D upgrades back in 2011, and even more additions since. Since that, I mean, with with the newest films being released. And if you're not big into motion simulators, or if your stomach isn't, I should say, then you're best to avoid this one because it's it's been improved to impress. Motion is a high. I mean, there's several different varieties of scenes you can get, it's pretty awesome. I think technically it's also called Star Tours The Adventures Continue now, since they've updated it. But anyways, I forgot to mention earlier, neither of the new Galaxy's Edge rides will be in this list, as I haven't actually experienced them. So obviously I can't really place them anywhere on a top ten. That'd be wrong. But Star Tours is a fun ride, even if you're not into the films. Nah. It's not the same. Coming in at number seven is the Disneyland Railroad which opened in 1955 and has stations located in Main Street USA, New Orleans Square, Mickey's Toontown and Tomorrowland. Four stations total. It's not a thrill ride but it's hands-down the best way to view the entire park. I think there's a select few who overlook the Disneyland Railroad and think it's nothing too exciting but I've got to say those select few couldn't be more wrong. Okay, they couldn't be more wrong. Not only does the train do a loop around the entire park, but it has some of the best views you can find in the park. On top of nice views, it even takes you right through Splash Mountain itself. And it takes you back to the primeval world. That's right. I'm saying there's audio animatronic dinosaurs incorporated into the railroad. Not everybody realizes this. The railroad is a ride. It's been upgraded, thank God but it still holds on tight to that classic vibe and if you weren't expecting it, well even better of course now I've said it, you'll expect it but, eh I did note earlier, it's a must try and doubly so with the refreshing mint julep the Disneyland Railroad is a gem of the park, all of which takes roughly about 18 minutes to complete if you're doing the entire loop which you should do the entire loop, the entire loop is well worth it It is relaxing. It is fun. Do the entire loop. Coming in at number six is Big Thunder Mountain. Opened in 1979, located in Frontierland. It's the wildest ride in the wilderness, indeed. Let's be clear on this. The ride experience can vary. A lot of these ride experiences can vary. But this one can vary depending a great deal on where you're sitting aboard this runaway ghost train. Anywhere front to mid, that's a no-go. Anywhere mid to back, however, yes go. Very much go. Go! If you can, ask for the furthest seat back. You'll get that extra speed and it enhances the ride a lot more than you think. The front seat is a big time dud. Don't do it. It's a trap, I promise don't listen to anybody who says it's the best seat it's not it's, it's not now the story of a haunted gold mine and the creation of the aban- abandoned town sorry, gives it a unique atmosphere um, where there's always something to look at you know you could be in the queue you could sort of look up see the little buildings or you're coming back in from a, a ride out on the actual train and you can see the town better that way but it's it all just there's always something you can look at Um, and it it is really quite appealing another fun tip I enjoy using every time on this ride is the goat trick many know of it or have read of it but I often wonder how many actually use it because it works when you're climbing a hill and you see the billy goat on your right stare at it. Stare directly at it and don't move your head or don't look in any other direction for the duration of the winding track that follows. You'll feel a rush like you wouldn't believe. It's the best part of Big Thunder and it's amazing. Big Thunder Mountain is three minutes long and is even better when you ride it at night. Coming in at number five, Splash Mountain. Opened in 1989, located in Critter Country. Now, zippity Doodah" <laughs> is one of those iconic Disneyland songs that you either love or hate. And, I mean, I'll be the first to go ahead and say it is not my favorite piece of music. But the cue and ride itself are perfect. And the other music in the ride uh, to, does get you in the Disney spirit, at the very least, I... I have to say, it does. You know it's a true Disneyland vacation when you hop into a hollowed log, and how do you do? Starts humping your eardrums. And of course, that glorious five-story drop is the very reason we all get on the ride in the first place. Let's face it, without that five-story drop, it's no longer Splash Mountain. It's just Slightly Damp Mountain. Nobody wants to go on Slightly Damp Mountain. Overall, there's a lot to absorb in the nine and a half minute long Splash Mountain. That's a pretty long ride, really. Um, but again, it's also it's it's like classic storytelling of a dark ride meets thrill ride. It's hard not to love it. There's multiple sp- smaller drops uh, before the big faithful fiver. Uh, you know, which is the thrill aspect. And there's cruising, looking around at animal animatronics telling a story, which is the dark ride aspect. You know, it's a classic and well-deserving of the fifth spot. Um, Zippity-doo-dah deserves a little something else, but we're going to carry on. Coming in at number four, Space Mountain. Opened in 1977, located in Tomorrowland. It's the King of Mountains. It's a three-minute roller coaster in the dark with illusion of stars all around. What more could I even ask for? It doesn't actually go that fast. I think I think it only hits max speeds of like 55 to 60-ish kilometers per hour. But being so dark, it feels like it's whipping pretty good. It's a signature thrill ride at the park and one that's constantly very busy. Fast passes go quick for this mountain, so grab them while you can. Now, the queue the queue is about as interesting as the King James Bible for Game Boy seriously look it up it's a thing but the ride more than makes up for it and the music is paired perfectly thanks to Aaron Richard and Eddie Sotto and Dick Dale I believe were the three uh, to do it and it fuses sci-fi horror music with surf music which right off the bat someone says sci-fi horror music and surf music that's a brilliant combination for a brilliant ride if you ask me I mean, space mountain. One of the greats. My favorite mountain. These last few rides are the best of the best. They're the quintessential Disneyland attractions that are not to be missed, in my opinion. Unless they're down for refurbishment, in which case, tough break. Personally, I plan my trips around these three rides, and I'm, I'm not even joking. I make sure these three are good to go. I don't mess around with the Disneyland Trinity. So here we go. Coming in at number three, Indiana Jones Adventure, Temple of the Forbidden Eye. Opened in 1995, I almost at 55. Jesus, no, no, no. Uh, located in Adventureland, 1995. This is the newest ride in the park. Aside, for, okay, Galaxy's Edge. Aside, Galaxy's Edge does not count. 1995, easily the best queue in the entire park. I think the only not so great thing about this ride is the fact that it encounters a fair share of technical difficulties. But that's it that's that's the only downside and it's only because the ride is so complex with the EMVs doing a little more than your average off-roading. EMVs are enhanced motor vehicles. Um but yeah they do they do a little more than your average off-roading. Though I always wondered why you'd be driving through a temple. I'm no avid adventurer. But do you not normally walk through those things? Isn't- isn't there some dangerous spelunking shit involved? You know, ancient civilizations built this magnificent structure, and the leader thought, Azil, Azil, make the impending doom trials accessible via jeeps. Okay, we don't want our tortured souls to be tired before the rituals. Traps are plenty enough. Just let's- let's just make- make sure the entire temple is accessible via the jeeps. Okay, Azil. I don't know. Just it just always seems so strange for some reason that we're just trekking through this thing in the jeep. <laughs> oh, it's one big ass temple. <laughs> Nonetheless, uh Indiana Jones Adventure is a staple of the park and it takes all of about 3 minutes to complete. It's not super long. It's about the average length for an attraction with the boulder drop being the peak thrill of the ride followed by Indy himself declaring that next time he's on his own. Sometimes he might say something different, but that is the classic. There's so much to love about this ride, and it continues to be my top three favorite, and it probably will, as long as it's there. It always will. It'll always be top three. Coming in at number two is Pirates of the Caribbean, opened in 1967, located in New Orleans Square. The second you walk inside you're reminded of just where exactly you are in the world. The smell of Pirates of the Caribbean is something all on its own. And, yes, people think it's nothing more than chlorinated water. And the Blue Bayou, maybe, you know, the Blue Bayou restaurant. But they're wrong. It's actually bromine that contributes to the smell of this great ride. Disney doesn't cheap out. They go they go for the nice stuff. As well as gunpowder that's uh, actually used further down in the ride uh, the at the ship battle. It's not throughout like bromine, but again, still. I actually found a cologne that's called Dark Ride, and I want to try it out. It's literally supposed to smell similar to Dark Rides, like Pirates or Splash. I think it's like 84 bucks Canadian, something crazy, but I I gotta try it. I've seen it. I know it exists. I have to try it. I I have to know what it smells like, you know? (laughs) What does this actually smell like? Wear it out to a nice dinner so people ask... Who the, who the fuck smells like damp ozone and bark machines? That'd be this guy. Smell aside, this ride is brilliant on so many levels, not just the smell. The smell doesn't make it. It's got a decent drop at the beginning, which, you know, that's just a, an added bonus. You know, they needed that drop to get under the railroad, so that's. It just kind of happened, and. Bonus. But it's also got incredible pirate audio animatronics detailed scenes, and music well-known around the world. The ride's roughly 15 minutes or so. Uh, And another bonus, the line moves extremely fast, with both pumping guests through constantly. So, again, I could go into very great detail of each single ride I'm listing, but these are just, you know, I'm just stating my tops here and... Given some quick little quick little deets, not super detailed deets. But this is my second favorite for damn good reasons, and it should never be missed. It's a shame if you if you show up to Disneyland and this one's closed. Any of these top three. If they're closed, just don't I just Oh my god. Do planning. Do planning beforehand. Don't be disappointed. Now if you know Disneyland, or if you know me, then you know exactly what my number one is. It's the Haunted Mansion, of course, opened in 1969, located in New Orleans Square. Nothing could beat boarding the on-and-mover vehicles called Doom Buggies for a spooky fun six to eight-ish minute or so tour of the Haunted Mansion, which is given by your ghost host. Okay, you know it's going to be a good ride when you're boarding things called Doom Buggies, for Christ's sake. That alone is magnificent. The ride features multiple different special effects, And the ones that create the most buzz are the spectral audio animatronics, which you can see in the dining hall most notably. They're the projection ghosts. It's really quite a well-done effect, really. I mean, I've... I don't know. Um, Other great things about this ride are the puns found in the cemetery on tombstones. There's the stretching room, the hatbox ghost in the attic, or the hitchhiking ghosts that follow you on your way home, or Madame Leota. There's a ton of things to love about the Haunted Mansion. I mean, even just the look of it is like, whew, you walk through those gates and it's like, yeah, this is a great moment. Again, like Indiana Jones Adventure, this ride does have its moments of issues, but it's only because of guests trying to get on or off the constantly moving Omnimovers. Omnimovers, again, those are the doom buggies that constantly move. Uh, That's another thing that's great about this ride, not the pauses, but just how it can constantly load people on. Sort of keeps the flow going and you know even if it's a really long queue, it doesn't take as long as you might think. So it's, you know. I- I'm all game for that. But there you have it, Haunted Mansion is easily my favorite ride in the Disneyland Park. And and that's it, you guys. Thank you again for listening to another episode of Loot Syrup. I'm always sad when we finish these episodes because I just want to keep going. But I won't. But I want to, but I won't. Um, as always, I really appreciate you know you guys hanging out, listening for the brief uh, little episodes. Hope you're all enjoying them at least somewhat. There's another couple episodes for this season, and then I'll take a brief couple weekends off, and then continue into uh, the second season. We'll start fresh again with the new season, and it'll be it'll be wonderful. But until then, you guys. Till next weekend, take care and remember be kind, be epic, and laugh on.